What is up, everybody? Coming to you live from my parents' house. Yeah, episode nueve or nine of the Changavi After Show. The show you mustn't quote in your research paper, as we call over here, the Changavi Gang. Um, I'm Anuj, for those of you that don't know. Anuj Changavi, as my parents call me. So hello, hello, welcome. Uh, we got episode nine here of the After Show. Um, and for those of you that don't know, what is the difference between the Changavi Show and the Changavi After Show? Well, on the Changavi Show, we're professional, you know, or as professional as we try to be, try to break down the issues, try to be methodical uh, and go through everything. And on the Changavi After Show, we have fun and we don't give a fuck. There's no rules. So that's the point. We record it late at night usually. Um, and yeah, it's just a good time. It's a lot of fun, good vibes. Can't complain. So without further ado... Without further ado, let's get right into the show. You know, in this show, let me let me say something real quick about this Changavi After Show. This Changavi After Show and the Changavi After Show in general is just a bunch of thoughts that I have as a person um, throughout the course of a week in the human life. And so it this whole fucking show is literally just me riffing and rambling and talking about random shit that I that pops up in my head. Um, so for the first thought that I've been thinking about, uh, listen, yo, I, I'm sure every single one of you, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, um, you know, a young kid like me, 21, 22, haven't really thought through your life or, or you're, you know, a 45 year old auntie or uncle who's watching this because, you know, my parents told you I have a podcast. So hi, auntie. Hi, uncle. Hope you're doing good. Um, Listen, the one thing uh, that I know for sure and for certain I want in my life is a porch, okay? The fucking porch. I, listen, I don't have a porch in my, in my house, in this house with my parents, this, my parents, you know, house. My childhood house, the house we used to live in, had a beautiful porch. It was made of stone and, or concrete, sorry, not stone, and it had a little swing and it overlooked the entire neighborhood street, and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was majestic in its own right. But listen, I think the porch is one of the most underrated aspects of a house. Uh, listen, like uh, people give a shit about what's inside, you know, oh, does the kitchen have island countertops? Fuck no, as long as the house has a porch, it is a livable house in my opinion. Um, and I was thinking about like, why do I like porches so much? What, what the hell is it about a porch that makes, you know, me want and yearn for such a thing? Like, why, why do I give a shit about a porch? I shouldn't, right? Like that is something I shouldn't care about. It's a fucking porch. But the reason I like porches so much is because you could just overlook everything. Like I'm a big people guy i like watch like okay this is gonna sound fucking creepy I, I just like sitting in one spot and like looking out at the abyss whether whatever abyss that may be you know that may be me like sitting at the edge of a beach and staring out at the ocean or me staring uh you know at from my porch out into the street like i enjoy staring at like a random direction and just wondering what happens when you can't like beyond that line of sight. I think that's just such a fascinating, 
fascinating thing um, for me as a person. Like I, I am just attracted to that particular scent of thinking. Um, but I know that there are a lot, like, I know a lot of people are probably listening and like, what the fuck, what, what are we even talking about? What porches? I just listen, porches remind me of my childhood. You know, I don't know if it reminds any of you of your kind of formative years, so to speak of like, you know, when you were, your parents used to just sit wine, maybe with Jai, whatever that may have been their beverage of choice and just look on. Right. And I feel like I want to be that person at some point in my life. I like want to have a porch where I can look out at the abyss and, you know, maybe instead of wine, it's weed. I don't know. I don't know what it may be. Uh, fucking nicotine. No, please. No, no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> kidding. Jokes aside, it's going to be water. Okay. Me sipping on some water, looking out at the abyss of my neighborhood. No, nah, like, I don't know. I, I am someone who is very attached to the suburbs, yet doesn't want to live in the suburbs anymore. I called myself the suburbs king for a very long time. I thought I was going to live in the suburbs for the rest of my life. But I realized in these two years of, you know, not only doing this podcast, but, you know, living at home during my 20s that like I don't want to go fucking do anything like i i don't want to do anything with the suburbs for like three or four years we i've definitely put a lot of my suburban thoughts on the back burner for sure i i have not um you know really been thinking about buying a house in fremont california anytime soon i'll tell you that much listen but <laughs> at some point in life i feel like the porch for me is just this it's this kind of timeless piece of um my childhood but not only my childhood i feel like it's gonna play a pivotal role whenever you know i turn into you know a, an adult that can actually own his own house that is you know i i just want like i don't give a shit about what's inside the house you know for all i care it could be a one-bedroom shack that's 500 square feet and knowing the bay area i'll probably have to pay a million dollars for that but <laughs> here's the thing all I really care about in life is if I have a, you know, if I'm safe, if I'm healthy, if I have a roof over my head, and if I have a porch for some reason. I don't, I don't understand why. It's just been something that's always been like a thing that I need to have um, in my life. A porch. I need a porch. And it's something like I didn't even realize I wanted until like a couple years ago when I just noticed that my house and like the house that I live in now just doesn't have one and it sucks. And it's frankly the stupidest thing. It's like, I want a porch. Porches are underrated F dude. If you sit, you could sit on that porch, hang out. It's like a free entertainment space in the front yard. It is truly one of the great inventions of humankind. The porch, the un. Re fucking underrated porch dude 100 i'm a big porch guy um so any of you see some like nice porches send the picture bro this is the porch gang right here yo you know what yeah and you know that's why i like those houses in like alabama and in the south you know everyone's like oh it's bad territory down there but like nah dude those houses have hella nice porches and they're like in these like classic suburbs the midwest too America's got America does its porches really damn well. 
And if you got a house with a nice porch, you're you're winning in life. It's the truth. And if you don't have a porch, uh, you suck. So my house sucks now, I guess. <laughs> no, but I think like I don't know. Mine many a time is like I want a porch. I want a porch, and I don't know why, and I don't know if I will ever get it. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this. If this show ever blows up, the porch will be the first accomplishment that I flex. It's not the Tesla, not the fucking, you know, gold chains or whatever people wear. The porch. Ah, yeah. Okay, people are okay, yeah. People are definitely out of the show by now. I'm I really do apologize. We talked 8 minutes about a porch. Oh my gosh. I I really do apologize. But listen, that the porch will not be possible if I decide to cancel myself anytime in the next couple years. Um, and this is honestly, listen, cancel like we live in an era of cancel culture, right? And people are, you know, constantly looking over their shoulder to see, you know, if what they're saying or what they said is is appropriate or not appropriate or whatever that may be. People are all people are just people give a shit about what they what they say and how that's portrayed with other people. I see it all the time. I see it in the micro landscape with like friends of mine or even like aunties and uncles or parents and or, you know, who like family, friends, whatever. And you also see it in the macro with, you know, presidential like presidential candidates, political, you know, people trying to basically look again, look over their shoulder and make sure that they're not saying the wrong thing. And I've re and, and that's cancel culture, right? You say one wrong thing, one text gets pulled up. You just, all you have to do is go to twitter.com, uh, post under some fucking random Twitter handle that you make up in 10 seconds and all of a sudden, you may or may not have taken down a celebrity or someone of power if you have some MO against them. Um, and cancel culture, listen, I'm, I am a vocal um, advocate against cancel culture. I think it spawned in a good light, but I think at the end of the day, it is kind of this very toxic force. And it doesn't and and it was built to do one thing but it has really shifted into another scope and another light that being said myself what the fuck do i have to do with this whole cancel culture rant that i just went on how fast do you think i i did a i did a thought of the week when i used to do thought of the weeks for those of you that are fans from when i used to do thought of the weeks I did one thought of the week about how fast could I get canceled. And I thought the, I think the answer I came up with was like seven seconds. Uh, and I was honestly like, I, I, I was revisiting that thought. I was like, could I really get canceled in seven seconds? Like the conclusion I drew about a year and a half ago. And I was looking through my chats and I typed all the buzzwords that you would want to know, you know, all the racial slurs, uh, just various bad things um, that would get me canceled if I were to say uh, on social media. I type them into my chat window. I'm I'm being perfectly transparent with people because I do not care. 
So I, I typed in all of the most effed up stuff that you could possibly think of into this like chat bar just to see if I'd said any of it or if I'd been in chats that had said any of these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are members of the chat that I think I could cancel within a matter of five seconds. I look through some of my text chats. They're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. I say some bad stuff. But listen, am I am I going to apologize for any of it? Like, okay, let me let me, let me just make a disclaimer real quick because <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that are like, whoa, what is he trying to say? Okay, listen, what I mean by bad stuff is like I made I made like fucked up jokes. I've never I, I'm, I'll go on the record and say this, and there's probably going to be a lot of people that don't believe me. I have never said the N word in a, in a chat. In fact, I have records of me saying, don't say it to other people in the chats. And I'm not trying to say this is like a flex or anything like, Oh, he's so clean. Like, <laughs> fuck no. I, I have said like the R word slur a few times, uh, in chats. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. Um, I've said the F, sl- uh, the, the, um, F word slur, uh, F word slur against the LGBTQ community many a times in high school. Um, what are other like? I've said some stuff like that, but I've never said the N word. That's the that's the one line I actually have not crossed in quite some time. And but all of these other things, if people were to find pictures of it and post it up on the internet, yeah, they would cancel me. But like, I will openly admit it myself. I've said those words in the past, but here's the thing, right? This is the bullshit part about cancel culture is I feel like people love bringing stuff up from the past to take down people of power, right? And they post pictures of it and they you know, put it on the internet and everyone's like, oh, this person isn't the person I thought he was or she was or they were. And it's over. It's over. And it's like, dude, what the hell? Like what this happened when this person was like 13? Relax. Like people get so all up in arms about everything. And it's like, dude, you make mistakes as a person and you move on. Okay. Like, Listen, if, if you were to do that at 20, even if you were to do that at 25 and you're a 35 year old man and you get canceled, right? Like that was 10 years ago. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But like, yeah, if you did it again and there's like repeat offenses, like, yeah, maybe you need to have a greater conversation with yourself. But like, I think the whole idea of like people hiding stuff is just like so like, especially like saying particular comments, like I think that's a bullshit. I mean, <laughs> I just put it out on the air, like all the ways you could cancel me. I've, I've made fucked up jokes. I've said different slurs at different occasions in my lifetime, not anywhere in the past couple years have I used particular slurs. I don't think, um, you know, I'll lay it out on the line. So I'll cancel myself right here. You can take me down right now, right now. If you want me to, if you want to, I said all of those things, I own up to it. I say every single one of those were wrong and I have done a, I would say like I have my own Changabi show like I educate people as to like what I do and you know I'm not trying to hide who I am like I've listened I made those mistakes I've said shitty things I've made messed up jokes that may have crossed lines I've you know I may have used slurs and all of these things like in the past but that that's the past the past is the past and you know, I made mistakes. I acknowledge it. I I think I've gotten better as a human being since, you know, 2015 or 16 or whatever the 
frick I was saying these things. So yeah, I'll cancel myself. I'll go out on the air and say, I've said some effed up things. You talk to any of my friends, they will probably, um, what's the word for it? They will probably corroborate that. And, you know, I'm not trying to expose other people because whatever other people say is their own prerogative. And I mean, I, like I said, I've been involved in many a messenger group chat, Facebook messenger, shout out for being kind of the, uh, the home of all of these effed up things that I have said in the past. Um, I've been involved in many a chats and with many a people that have said way worse things than I have. That's not to say that I haven't said bad things. I have. So you can cancel me right here. I, I will cancel myself. I'll put it up on TikTok. Fuck it. Let's see what people say. But I said all those things. I own up to it. Cancel culture is a bitch. I don't care. And uh, and yeah, I you know I I I said those things. That's that sucks. But I would rather cancel myself and go out on my own terms than I would like um, you know some other fool from high school or you know whoever in some group chat when if I ever gain clout like just bing just post it up on on his social media. I'll admit it. I said those things. It was wrong. But, you know, I, I can't, like, go back and change what I did. That's that's what happened. And, you know, if you hate me, you hate me. You, you, you can unfollow me. But if you, if you respect that, then you will. Because chances are, dude, every single person who talks about, oh, I've never canceled my, like, I can't be canceled. For the most part, there, I, I know of, like, one person I can think of off the top of my head who I don't think would ever get canceled in, in that person's life because they are just one of the most like nice angelic human beings I've ever met. Other than that though, I can cancel every single person that pretty much I've ever met. I'm pretty sure you go through one chat, you go through one, um, you know, text message chain, one person like boyfriend, ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends of celebrities could probably cancel people like that. Right? Like it's not hard. Um, and it's the same way with me. Like if you were ever a close associate of mine at particular times in my life, you know, even now, I think there's a few people that could cancel me. Um, if you're, you know, close to me in my life, like, yeah, you probably could, you probably could go out on social media and say these things, but like, what would you gain really other than taking down like a guy with 77 TikTok followers or whatever the fuck it is? I think it's 73. So, you know, really you're achieving a great, great dream. But okay, listen, I'm I'm done talking about canceling myself. I'm done talking about all the different things I've said in the past because I don't want to get in trouble before I even make it. So <laughs> that being said, listen, I've been thinking, I, a lot of people have been giving me a lot of advice about my future. Um, that may be, that is, you know, inclusive of parents, friends, other adults in my life. Um, and a lot of them seem to think that college is the answer It is the one answer that is, you know, guaranteed to give you some security in the world. Sure. Right. But I personally don't agree with this train of thought. I've brought it up to several people and a lot of people have scoffed at the way that I think about college and that's fine. You know, you can have your own opinion. You can have your own uh, train of thought when it comes to education and all of that. And I respect that. And I respect college as an institution. But here's where I kind of, you know, get a little interesting, so to speak. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a hypothetical situation. Hypothetically, you're 18 years old, right? And you are, uh, you know, a high school senior. It's like May of your senior year. You've gotten into a couple really nice colleges. 
But one day, your parents are like, hey, so-and-so, sit down. And they sit you down at the dinner table, and they're like, look, here's the thing. You can go to college. We'll pay for college, right? And this is just a total hypothetical situation. Not all parents pay for college. Kids pay on their own, student loans. I know it, okay? There's a whole, you know, there's obviously 18 million different perspectives. But hypothetically, let's say your parents are paying for school, which, I mean, in a narrative sense speaking, has been kind of the norm, so to speak. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, but there obviously is exceptions. So a lot of people have their parents pay for college, okay? And so hypothetically, your parents sit you down at the table and they're like, okay, listen, we're going to have to take out a shit ton of loans to help pay for your college, uh, or you're going to have to probably help pay. But we could also offer you this. College on average costs, you know, with everything coupled together, I'm talking about rent, I'm talking about living expenses, I'm talking about tuition, I'm talking about, you know, books, um, all of that coupled together, probably around $100,000 for four years, right? On average, it may be, you know, a couple thousand less, give or take, whatever, right? It, it depends. It also depends on where you go to school. So, I mean, I'm just going to put $100,000 as like an arbitrary number. So your parents are like, listen, you could either go to college, right? And we'll pay for your four-year degree. You can go have fun, whatever. Or we could give you installments of money up until you reach $100,000. What would you do? Hypothetical situation. Your parents are offering you either $100,000 and you can't go to college. They're offering you the money, the money that it's going to take to pay for college or the degree, or you can go to college and have that experience and whatnot. What would you do? And that's the way I've been thinking about college recently is like, it does not make financial sense at all period why would you pay like it's it's on average a hundred thousand dollars right like what what like it just doesn't add up college education in this country whether you like it or not is about 15 to 20 years behind from the actual job market that's happening now you think there are you think a computer science degree from hypothetically, the University of Urbana-Champaign is a degree that is actually going to be beneficial in the workforce? Fuck no. Hell no. Why do I know this? Because, well, number one, I know a lot of comp sci majors at UIUC, but also this. Number two, a lot of those kids are not... The, the reason they're so successful when they leave college is not the fact that they're actually learning things in college, but more so the fact that they got internships and work experience because of the fact that, uh, and and you learn a lot at those internships. And then that, you know, obviously develops into you becoming, uh, you know, an engineer at a, at a company and you making a lot of money. That is That is the truth. You learn by working. You don't learn by going to school. I'm sorry, coding academies and universe and universe and the top level universities can probably teach you the same things. In fact, coding academies may be a more updated version of your education because colleges are preparing you for jobs that are 15 years old. No one gives a shit about uh, half the stuff that colleges are preparing you for. In my opinion, I don't think it makes sense, right? I'm a communications major. We take me, for example, right? Is my communications degree the average salary that a communications major makes out of college, I think, is like $50,000. Theoretically, if you were to get 
$100,000 in cash instead of going and getting that um, degree, right? Or theoretically, you were to save $100,000 and not go to college and build it up by yourself and like pull yourself up by the chin straps. That makes more sense. It just makes more sense to me. And I don't know. It, it That's the way it adds up in my head. There are a lot of people that tell me that like, yo, like college does provide you a lot of social capital and all of these things. And I do agree with that. I definitely do agree that like you will never get that experience of like meeting so many like-minded people in your life again, right? Who are at the same stage of like the transitionatory period between sort of high school and adulthood, right? And that's and that's fantastic. And I there are a lot of people that have had revolutionary college experiences and I'm so freaking happy for you. But I don't think like, I think I've been jaded also because I've been in this pandemic for two years and I have not experienced really what college is like and I don't think I ever will. But like my college experience is the biggest abnormality, right? And we've talked about that at length. But anyway, like it goes back to this whole idea of like, would you rather have $100,000 or a college degree? Hypothetically, there are people that go on reality TV shows and compete for $100,000. They go on fucking too hot to handle and don't have sex for three months to get $100,000. And a degree costs $100,000. I'm like, Dude, this makes no sense. It makes no sense. Zero sense. And obviously $100,000 is an arbitrary number, right? It could be a little less. It could be a little more guaranteed, right? But college education is expensive. That's the point I'm trying to make. There needs to either, like, I really hope that one day there is some cheaper alternative to a college education because college is fucking, I, in my opinion, it's not worth it the experience in which they're offering you is great, right? Socially, you may be able to go and talk to people and be social and have fun and have this great experience. But I feel like I could get the same shit like traveling through Europe. If you know, you're getting, if you have, you know, if you work for a couple of years, go travel through Europe, go meet people, go work, you meet coworkers, the, the dating apps, social media, it's easier to meet people than ever before. Like I, I don't understand this whole idea, like people's people's perception of college is that, oh, it provides you social capital and it gives you an education. The education is questionable, okay, in my opinion. I think it's a little outdated. I don't think that there are necessarily, I think the only valuable aspect, there are colleges that I think are valuable in their, um, in sort of, um, what's it called, in programs like co-ops. So like Northeastern University does one where it's like if you enroll for a certain major, you get a co-op. So you get actual working experience and you can translate that. See, that's return on your investment. A lot of colleges don't give you that shit. A lot of college, like I'm probably going to go to a UC, right? Or a CSU, a state school, you know, a, a California school. I'll go to these California schools. They'll be like, okay, like you just take these classes and you get the degree and we don't give a shit about you. That's life. Like, we just want your money and uh, they're going to get it. But, you know, that's probably what it's going to be. It doesn't add up in my head. Listen, and you may ask me, like, why don't why why are you being such a hypocrite? You're going to school. You're literally in the community college system. You're going to go to a four year college. Why are you lambasting the system? But yet you are a part of it. And that is a totally fair question. That is the absolute, you know, million dollar question to me. And the right, the correct answer is, well, I have Indian parents. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, honestly, yeah, I think like to a certain extent, that is the answer. Um, also, to a certain extent, like I, 
I feel like I, I, I really, you know, I really don't know. I really don't know. Like I cannot rationalize it in my head. Like, is there another reason I'm here? Um, I do like my, it's not like I hate my major. Like I want to make that clear. Like I still like what I'm studying. Like it's weird, right? I don't hate call. I don't hate college for what I'm studying. I'm not like, Oh, I'm a freaking four CS major that has to do this. Nah, like I've been lucky in my life that I've gotten to be able to explore a lot of creative avenues. Like I was originally going to college to write for film, but like, and now that I think about it, it's like a lot. Why? Like, why Why do that? Why Why don't I just, like, try it on my own, like, outside of this degree aspect of things? I don't know. I, I'm being an ass, like, and I feel so bad for college graduates that I'm offending everywhere. Like, dude, y'all y'all graduated college and you, like, liked it. So, shout out to you. Um, I just sound like a bitter kid. But, but like, I, it's just something I'm thinking through because it's, like, I have like, you know, obviously I I'm, I'm going to college still and I probably will finish my degree. Um, but it's this, it's this debate I have in my mind of like, financially, it doesn't make sense. Educationally, it's not really preparing me, me in particular, like it may be preparing you, right? If you're going to go be a doctor, like, yeah, you need to know some of that stuff from med school or like, you know, lawyer, whatever. Like for me, like I want to do this full time. And I know that sounds so fun. like I was I said like I want to be an internet creator like full time for the first time like two weeks ago and people started laughing. It was so funny. It was it was funny, but it was also like this laughter where it was like, <laughs> oh shit, people are laughing. They don't think this is real. Like I'm fucked. <laughs> like you know. So it was like that type of laughter. But like I don't know. You know, for me it doesn't make sense, but for somebody else it can. It's just I feel like I I hope that at some point, you know, beyond kind of our sort of generation, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road that there are other options that are actually like looked at and, you know, in a positive light, right? If you take if you take a gap year in today's society, people look at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're just, you're literally postponing your life. You should not be doing that, right? If you go, if you go travel and drop out of school, people look at you like you're a loser. If, you know, just stuff like that. I, I just hope that at some point the stigma behind those kind of options and opportunities dwindles a little bit. And that's just kind of where I'm at. But yeah, let's get in from, uh, you know, the hypothetical situation I gave you guys from $100,000 or a degree to will I ever podcast drunk? <laughs> oh man i've been getting this question a lot from my friends this was this was a question like people were asking me they were like anuj are you going to ever get on substances or ever smoke a lot of weed get super high and do a podcast or are you gonna like get really drunk and just record a podcast and be like sub guys right like am i ever gonna do that and the answer to that question is quite honestly like i'm open to it like <laughs> I know like that wasn't the answer y'all were expecting. I wouldn't do a Changavi show, you know, inebriated because that's like way too, in my opinion, like this is my safe space. This is my space where I can just fuck around and, you know, be myself and just kind of be very unfiltered and raw and swear a lot and have fun. I would do an after show drunk or high hundred percent. Like I, I will openly admit that. Would I do a Changavi show drunk? Fuck no, no way. Um, the topics are too serious. <laughs> I put way too much research and time into that to just destroy it by being drunk, um, or some other substance. And I can say this now that I'm 21 and weed is legal in California. So fucking Suresh uncle or, you know, whoever, whichever uncle is watching this, you guys are still here. 
I can say that. And you can't stop me. You can look at me different, but you can't stop me. Stop me. Oh, that, that was kind of that kind of vibe, low key. Um, but yeah, would I ever podcast drunk? Possibly, maybe. Uh, I've I've done it. I've podcasted a little tipsy. Like there was one, I think, on one of my late night stories, I was like drinking a beer, um, and a couple people caught on to it. It was really funny. I think I said something about it actually in the episode, which was funny. Um, but uh, there was one episode, I think it was one Shangabi after show episode. I was a little tipsy and I was wearing my clay jersey. I forget what after show episode it was, but I was kind of going a little off. I started singing like Ratchet Happy Birthday and stuff. I watched it back and was like, Ooh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe avoid that next time. I don't know. I'm just worried that like if I get too, if I if I'd ever do one of these episodes like a little inebriated and I would just kind of cross the line a little bit more, like I would be fucked, you know, and say some stupid shit. But I think we're at the point, like I'm at the point where I can like you know control myself. Um, you know, I'm not fucking 17 years old anymore, and like we're actually just be canceled off the face of the job market in the world. So you know, we'll see. <laughs> but uh but maybe maybe it's it's a poss it's always a possibility um i'm never on oh, i would play like a drinking game maybe on here on the after show or something i think that'd be fun bring on somebody like a friend or something and you just play like a drinking game i think that'd be that'd be that would be a good time actually you know what i just thought of a good episode idea okay perfect i'm not gonna i'm gonna save that one in the brain bank um but yeah maybe perhaps uh this is you know to answer the people that had this question you never know. Okay. Listen, I'm going to talk, I'm going to transition from, you know, podcasting inebriated to, <laughs> which I'm not inebriated right now, by the way, this is, this is water. So it's Tuesday night or it's Monday night. Are y'all crazy? Like I'm not that weird. Come on. Listen. Okay. The lows of being a creator. This is this is something I actually want to be like earnest and talk about. You know, we've been fucking around for 34 minutes here. Um, I want to be serious for a second. Uh, listen, I had a I had a pretty bad, I had a pretty big low this weekend. Um, and it wasn't like necessarily like anything that anyone said or did. But I last week I, I worked my ass off on episode 23. <laughs> um of the show and uh, it was uh or of the changabi show um it was about the first so i had to split it into two episodes because you know as usual my computer battery sucks so i split it into two episodes i did the first half was basically breaking down the super bowl for non-sports fans because i know i do a lot of sports topics on here and a lot of people don't understand what i say and I feel really bad. So I was like, okay, like, let me, let me try to like cater the non-sports audience and really just like break down every aspect of the game. And like, I wrote down all these copious notes, like trying to break down the stars of the team and like why you should watch this game and why you should care. And because like, I'm passionate about sports and like, I genuinely really like want to make that, you know, uh, to connect other people who probably wouldn't connect with the game. Otherwise like connect with the Super Bowl. And then I did the second half of the episode about Valentine's Day and about like the historical origins of it and why we like why should we celebrate it and like changing the definition and like my relationship to love and all of these things. And I thought it was a fun. I thought it was a really good episode. Like I really put in a lot of work into it. I worked my ass off on it and I put it out and I was really proud. And, you know, the whole weekend passed and one person saw it. 
one person. That's it. My usual episodes, like I've been ranging now, like combined platforms, like 30, 35 people combined platforms at, on a on a really good day, maybe 60 combined. I'm talking about like all platforms, but on like a really shitty episode, like maybe 10, 15. This was the worst episode that I have put out in ever, ever. This was the worst episode I ever put out um, and in terms of just views. Uh, but I felt like in terms of quality, it was like the best episode, one of the better episodes I've put out in a while. And I was just so bummed. I was bummed about it for two days. I didn't say anything to really anybody because I'd put out a TikTok the week before saying, I'm going to be the GOAT and I'm the greatest. <laughs> On this very mic, sitting right here. That's exactly what I said. But the next fucking day, like, you know, or like three days later, like, this is the life cycle of a creator. Like, you feel so good one day and you feel like you're going to make it. And then the next day, you just get hit with a fucking boulder and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm nowhere near where I think I'm going to be. And that is that is a hard pill to swallow. It is a very hard pill to swallow. It's difficult, um, you know, to because listen, like I there are days where I record this podcast and I feel absolutely on top of the world. I feel like I'm the fucking beast and I'm a legend and and all of these things. And then there are days where I after I record this podcast, like, fuck, I literally am the worst at what I do. And I thought I would just be transparent that like, yes, like hundred percent. I like, I want to make this very clear. Like I still have an inner confidence within me that like, I'm going to make it as an internet creator. Like, like totally. I really do. Like I, I have this weird, like uncanny gut belief that like, I, this is where I need to be. And this is what I need to be doing. But I also have this really, really complicated relationship of like, I will feel great. And, and like, as a creator, like I, I'll feel great one day. And then the next day you'll just get hit. And it's just like, wow, like people really don't give a shit, you know? Um, and it's not like, I'm not even trying to blame people. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame, you know, me. Like, I'm not trying to blame you guys. I'm not trying to blame anybody. Like I need to do a better job right? I need to be better. I need to create better content that maybe resonates with my audience a little more. Um, and maybe I need to be like better. Maybe I need to take a long, hard look at myself in the mirror and be like, am I doing the right thing? Like not in terms of like my career, but like in terms of like my content, like what, what went wrong here? What can I prevent from this happening? But also like, I have to realize that like, I'm still young. Like I'm just starting. This is the first year. Like it takes, it took Lily Singh 10 years to like, or like to really, to really get off the floor. It took her like three, but like it takes creators time and every creator's got their own path. Every single one of them has their own unique path. And I look at every single creator and like nothing comes easy. This is a hard field and it's There's going to be days like, and there's going to be episodes and stinker YouTube videos that just perform so badly that you want to just like hide in your blanket and cry for a weekend. And that's pretty much what I did that weekend. Like last weekend is I just like hit away and was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about this. Like I, I, this sucks. This is the worst. I just kind of stepped away from podcast shit for like two days. Um, but not really. I also was like, you know, 
thinking about stuff, but I was just like, I need to, like, I just, I couldn't get that out of my mind. It was really, really, it was very difficult. I was shocked. I was shocked. I'd feel that way. But like, I think when you put in so much time and so much effort and you see that like publicly, it's not paying off the way you would like it to. It just, you, I felt like this internal pressure to be like, okay, like I need to like go, I need to go more hard. I need to like produce something that actually makes people want to listen. And that was like, that was a shocking moment for me. I'm not even going to lie. It got punched a little bit. Um, and it's, I'm beyond like, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of creators out there that are very, um, that don't express this kind of attitude of like, you know, it's always a good time. It's always, you know, high energy, all this stuff. But like, yeah, there's some lows too. And this is just one of the lows, but you know, uh, if it's one view on a YouTube video I'm worried about, I'm, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things, I'll be okay. I'm not worried. So, you know, I, I truly am not <laughs> concerned in the grand, in, in the long run of things, but yeah, listen, <sighs> the weather, the weather was definitely my saving grace. I would say, uh, in the last weekend, you know, that video stuff was tough. Uh, and the views and all that and the interaction with this last episode. But California is just, it never fails to put a smile on my face with its music, with its beautiful weather, with its amazing vibes. Like, I, I love this state more than any other. And I had this conversation again at work today. People were like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know if I want to stay in California. I'm like, dude, you know how good you have it here? You know how good you have it in CA? in cali you know how good you have it in norcal in particular socal is just spread out as fuck and there's hella traffic and shit and there's 25 rams fans okay that's literally what los angeles is the bay the bay like i listen i i know hate on socal it's probably one of my favorite places my other favorite places in the world to live um i just crap on it because i have to i'm from northern california come on cut me some slack but California is just, I mean, my dad was complaining about the weather and he was like, oh, like we need the rain. Like this is not going to work out. And I'm like, dude, listen. And, and this is like, honestly, a thought that I've been having is like, we cannot control the weather. I mean, we can like greenhouse gas emissions and all that. But like, why, why should we as ordinary citizens just complain about the weather? Like, it was 79 degrees outside for three days last weekend. Why are people complaining? And I've heard, I heard several complaints, not just my dad, but other people are just like, it's not raining. Life is so bad. I'm like, you look at, I look outside the window. The sun is shining. It's beautiful. Anuj may have gotten one view on a podcast video, but he's happy with the weather. Why can't you be? Like, I don't understand. Like, it was it was gorgeous last weekend. And honestly, like, it's Valentine's Day. Well, it's not Valentine's Day anymore. But <laughs> I, when I first started recording this, like, it's Valentine's Day. It's, like, very late at night on, you know, it's, like, Tuesday early morning, 12, 12 a.m. Right now, this is the time I'm recording this. California is my Valentine this year. Oh, my gosh. The weather was gorgeous this last weekend. It, having the sun shine like that in February, you do not get that in very many places in the world. I hate to tell you. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. I love California. It is 
Jeez. And listen, I know climate change is a thing and I know greenhouse gas emissions and we're using too much renewable or non-renewable energy and all of this. Like that is totally a valid concern. But like if you're just going to aimlessly complain about the weather and the lack of rain, like dog, 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 <laughs> relax, relax. You, you, you got a lot worse problems to complain about if California, if you know, there's a, there's a lot worse things happening in the world than California being 79 degrees for three days last week. Okay. I'm not even gonna have that conversation. All right. Listen, we got a few more topics and we'll get out of here. <laughs> I was thinking, this is a very quick philosophical thought that I've been having. I think, <laughs> and, and honestly, I, it could be applied to education as well. I feel like we are taught in schools, in life, to look for a solution. There's always a solution to every problem, right? And you have to find and you the the answer is the solution. But what if the answer is the way you got to the solution? Right? Like here's the thing, right? In like and this actually came up because I was thinking about uh cheating in calculus. I used to, on homework problems, whatever, exams, all that stuff, look at answers to similar problems and then see how they got the answer to find the answer to my problem, if that makes sense. You have to like reverse engineering kind of. It's a skill that really isn't taught a lot in school. You're kind of taught to engineer one way. You're taught like, okay, this is the problem. You have to get to the singular number solution somehow, some way. How are you going to do that? But in life and also like in a lot of math problems, I think the way a lot of a lot of people learn math this way. Like you usually look at the back of the answer key, check the answer to the problem and then figure out how they got to that point or where you made the mistake. Sometimes you need the, to know the solution. But then you need to like build the path and the path to get to that solution is your real answer, really. I mean, I was thinking about this with like, is it is it is this is this way of thinking like applicable to historical and political like historical events or like political events that are happening now? Like, can we do that? Do we have an answer? And I think so. I think the answer, the true answer to like, how can we fix political problems is working together. But here's the thing. You have to figure out how you are going to get all of these people who are on varying sides to work together. That's the answer. You know the answer, but you have to figure out how to get to that answer. And that is the true answer. So the true answer oftentimes isn't the solution to a problem. But it's the way you have to get to that solution. That is the answer. That's the true answer. Okay, yeah, I'm done. This was my philosophy uh, section of the day. And uh, I am already just like brain tripping. So we're good. Um, listen, this is also another very minor problem I was encountering um, in researching the next episode of The Changabi Show, which should come out later this week. Legal and professional language. Look, bro. <laughs> oh man legal and legal and professional language look i for this podcast i really do do a lot of research uh you guys may not see it in my 30 second tiktok clips or like my minute 30 second long tiktok clips 
I'll put in the fucking hard yards for this shit. I read government documents. I read primary sources. I read New York Times articles. I go through Twitter sometimes. I, I do I do a variety of things to research. But I think reading government documents is probably the hardest thing that I have to do. Why? Why should it be that way, right? And that's the thing I was thinking about as well. Aren't government statutes meant for citizens to follow the rules? So shouldn't they be written to the language of the citizens rather than in kind of this legal jargon that these laws are often written in? Isn't that something that like people like I feel like everything that's written in and and the way that people speak within the House of Representatives, within politics, within the government is so very hard to understand. It's very difficult for a, like a normal American to be able like if you were to go through like I'm reading about sports betting uh, in California and I was reading the different initiatives and these initiatives are extremely dense. They're five pages, but they're extremely in, like in they're extremely dense and they're intense and they're just filled with a lot of words that i don't even know the fucking meanings to i don't i'm i'm a community college student bro like i'm 21 like i'm i probably have the iq of like a normal person i'm average and like these things are difficult to understand like they they use very long words they're worded in really awkward ways why aren't laws just written like the way that we communicate why aren't laws written like the way authors write books where it's easy to communicate the message shouldn't it be written that way why why are we writing in legal statutes and all this shit why are the laws and why are bills and all of these things written in such a such a hard way to understand. We're supposed to be the citizens that understand the rules. So if we want to refer to those laws and those rules, shouldn't we be able, shouldn't the language be at a level in which everybody can be able to understand? Why, why is it just that lawyers and people who go to uh, established schools and like, you know, graduate with fancy degrees are the ones to answer and interpret the laws for us? Why can't the normal person like me or you or him or her or them be able to uh, read the laws and understand them themselves? Why do we have to wait? That is that is uh, why do we have to you know depend on the interpretation of these lawyers? Why are Supreme Court dissents so fucking hard to read? Because I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Why can't we break down the language into something simple so that everybody else can understand? Why why is it almost feels like there's two different forms of English when you read legal and professional documents, like I'm talking particularly government related versus like you know, uh something that I may write or something that, you know, uh fucking uh something that Malala may write in her memoir, right? Malala's English and her memoir English is very different than Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, dissent opinion in uh, Citizens United versus DC, right? That that may be, that's a whole separate, you know, they're just two different forms of the language at that point. It almost feels like you're reading two different languages. It's crazy. And that's kind of the way that I'm thinking is just like, why shouldn't there be kind of one universal form that we all communicate in rather than it be like these kind of, sort of separate playing fields that the citizens and the educated people who are making the laws are on, right? It's it's kind of weird. I, I really do wish there was some more accessibility uh, in regards to laws and dissents and opinions and all that stuff. Okay. 
And I was told this. This is the last thing, the last thought I want to talk about. I know we went off the fucking rails today, but that's what we do here at the Changabi After Show, my safe space, a new just therapy session. Aunties and uncles apparently are my main demographic. I've been told, I've been told, I've been informed that a lot of aunties and uncles watch this freaking show. So auntie and uncle, what the fuck is up? No, I'm kidding. I'm getting honestly though, if aunties and uncles watch these shows like and make it this far into the episode, shout out to you. You know what? DM me on Instagram so I know who you are. I or Facebook or wherever you're watching. Hell yeah. Love it. If you guys can get through my language, if you guys can get through like me, like canceling myself to the internet, um, being an asshole, all of these things, like, hey, hey. <laughs> um, you know, I aunties and uncles are my main demographic, bro. Apparently, uh, according to some people, like they are the ones that interact with my posts and comment and, you know, are socially present in my life. So hi. Um, why? I'm so utterly confused. Like, are you guys learning anything from this? Or are you guys just listening to this because you see this beautiful brown face and this beautiful background, right? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, aunties and uncles shouldn't be my main demographic for this. I'm actually aiming for like the aunties and uncles kids. Like I'm naming, I'm aiming for the Rohit and the Karan and the Chandra and the Richa and the Aditi. And I'm naming for, I'm aiming for all of those people. And also, you know, the Mollies and the Sues and the Kristen's and the, you know, alleys of the world. Right. I'm also aiming for them. And, you know, of course you can't neglect like the, the, the people of other cultures as well. Uh, not just white and Indian, you know, we're going for every name in the book, but obviously I do not have the time to list every name uh, of every, you know, person, but aunties and uncles, if you're my main demographic, like show me more love, bro. Show me more love. Share me on your Facebook profiles. Show me all your friends, all those uncle friends of yours. Share me in the WhatsApp groups, dog. I want to go WhatsApp viral. I think, you know what? That's the way to fucking grow as an Indian creator. Go WhatsApp viral. I want to be in those good morning texts with, you know, uh, Shubla auntie and all of them, you know, sending those freaking flowers to each other. I want to be in those texts. I want to be in those threads. Get me in the freaking WhatsApp threads, dog. People, I want to be in the WhatsApp threads. I want to be WhatsApp viral. That's my goal. I want to be WhatsApp viral. I've, I've decided. I have decided. I have decided. That I'm going to be in all the Indian dads cricket groups. I'm going to be in all the moms puja groups. I'm going to be in all the family group chats. I will infiltrate the WhatsApp threads. You best be ready. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, it's too, I'm too tired. And, you know, as a good Indian boy, I got to study tomorrow. So uh, namaste to all my good aunties and uncles that are still watching. To everybody else, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Changabi After Show. Really appreciate it. If you can like and subscribe, I would love you forever. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit the follow button. If you're on any other podcasting platform, go ahead and give me that five-star review or whatever review. I know it's particular to Apple Podcasts. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, give me a good review, please. Por favor. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, we'll be back later this week with some Changavi show stuff, some actual like, you know, materialistic material rather than me just shooting off my mouth. As my dad likes to say, stop shooting your mouth off. You do not talk like this on your podcast, right? 
Um, but anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate every single one of you that stayed till the very end. Aunties, uncles, Molly's, Sue's, Kristen's, uh, you know, Alex's, uh, Alex Morgan, if you're here, um, you know, Chitra, Richa, Aditi, uh, why am I naming all girl names? Kushal, Vinay. Okay, now I'm just naming names at this point. Okay, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate every single one of you. And just be ready because I'm infiltrating Fremont, California's WhatsApp groups very, very soon. It's happening. Bye, everybody. Signing off from my parents' house, Anuj. Peace.